Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to episode 50, 50, who'd have thought 50, episode 50 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. This is Jim Reamer, joined as always by Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Hey, not too bad. Uh, had to shovel out of a little snow this morning. How much did you get? Because we got uh, four. Yeah, up here, South Bend, we got five, and further south, they got more. So it sounds like between us was a little worse. Interesting. We got four, and then it started to rain, and then it completely melted everything on the roads that's perfect and it turned all the stuff on the ground uh into wonderful snowballs so there was maybe an impromptu snowball fight last night nice at midnight (laughs) god knows what influenced that i don't know but it was it was a definite uh it was an ordeal it was an event so um we got kind of a light week here, don't we? Yeah, very light and, week. And to clarify, because I, I did get a I did get a text message this week asking where Barney was. And Barney, this is news. Barney uh, took a job in Missouri. It's a temporary job, but it might lead to a full-time, like a full job. And so he's over there working probably for the rest of the school season. So he will... Um, he probably won't be doing any more going to games and doing things like that for us anymore, but uh, certainly appreciate his contribution. And, and I assume that's something that he was, that betters his life. We'll find out later. <laughs> right. I don't think he really planned on moving, but we'll see. I mean, sometimes good job offers, you know, end up helping make decisions like that easy. So um recruiting update we've got one right that's i mean this is going to be a weird this is a weird week so we were actually scrambling for a couple of topics to talk about coming into it but go ahead and get us up to date on the one 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 we're aware of here at least would be keon thompson formerly of merrillville high school up here now he's down in florida at prep is is lizenby at that prep now too is that the same prep um we can talk tell it to tell it to me uh, well, anyway, let's we'll get that in a second. Mer- Keon Thompson, he got a Mount St. Mary's offer. Mount okay. St. Mary's. One we need to clear up. Jalen Carson, back when Donovan Barnett got his offer from IU Kokomo, Jalen Carson did too. I don't think that was anywhere on social media immediately. I think that then Coach Hawkins later started getting it out there. Told him we would follow up with it last week, then forgot. And then now it literally just hit my head as I was trying to think of what else we could talk about during this segment. But so Jalen Carson also has an offer from IU Kokomo along with Barnett. And you know, that'd be a great, great get for IU Kokomo, somebody with that length and, and athleticism and his developing skill. But um, Keon Thompson, you know, he's gone to a prep school. Is It really hasn't changed his recruiting at all. 
right? I mean, we, I sort of suspected that. Did you think anything would change? Right. I mean, we weren't, we weren't positive if anything was really going to change. I mean, offers, obviously he's gotten a couple more since he's gone down there, I believe. Right. Maybe two. He has, but it hasn't changed the uh, dynamic. But, right. But not anything. I don't know if you call Florida Gulf coast, mid-major or Mount St. Mary's a mid-major or those still low majors to you. Those are low. I mean, you are what your conference is, unless right. you're one of the best teams in the country, and those guys aren't. Right. And as looking exciting as FG as, as exciting as Florida Gulf Coast was, they were they were never in that conversation. Right. And looking at also uh, that is where Lizenby is, the NTS okay. Basketball Academy. So yeah. Yeah, and that was something else we didn't. I'm not sure we talked about was that Lizenby had all of a sudden popped up down there and he did go at the semester break. So that was news. That wasn't something that anybody missed. And his father's let me know that he will be back in Indiana next year. So he'll be at North central next year. And that, and that's as much time as we spent on Brewer. And and we are going to talk about Jaden one more time. You know, we've really not given any oxygen to Lizenby's transfer. I mean, McNary, also left Avon and, and he be, finally became eligible to play. It wasn't nearly as, as uh, problematic as Brewer's situation as far as the uh, ITSA contesting it, although McNary did miss the first few games. Um, each of these cases have different sets of facts. And Lizenby was not ruled ineligible. I don't know that they were willing to fight it, given that he still had a year left. Did he ever play a game? At, no, he did not. North Central? Okay. And it really wasn't going to impact his recruiting. So, in ter- because college coaches can't come, or Division One coaches can't come, I should say. And so the move down there was just so he could get games competitive in, games in. Right, right. And he is a junior. And he is a junior, so he'll have a full year of varsity basketball next year, presumably under normal recruiting conditions. Presumably after a summer of somewhat normal recruiting conditions do we know who he plays with in the summer yet uh this past summer he played with with george hill okay i think (laughs) getting old getting old i think he did um he did yes he did i don't know i don't remember he's either that or eg10 one or the other either george hill or gordon one of the other one of those two teams and no clue who he plans on playing for i didn't ask his dad his dad was a very good high school player in his own right at Ben Davis, as we older folks say back in the day. Um, but, you know, that was a situation where there was a change of custody. And I'm not sure how they went about setting up their transfer. A change of custody typically makes a kid eligible. So I, I didn't really dig. It's not something that's going to change like the Brewer situation. His presence certainly would make North Central better this year. Be a great compliment to Leland as much as they put him through ball screens. And his his game face in the basket is is improved. Uh, at least the last time I saw it. Not, you know, not to where it would need to be, to where you would wrap a part of your offense around it, but but not as un not as uncomfortable as he was when he was younger. Where anything facing the basket, he almost just got rid of it. He almost passed it just to get rid of it. So, um, I'm updating our notes here for the rundown. Um, 
anyway, on the Keon Thompson, I was sort of forecasting a question I wanted to ask. Schools of that size and your your Grand Canyon guys would fit into that mold. When they recruit out of state, I mean, Grand Canyon obviously is recruiting Indiana pretty hard. What, you know, Mount St. Mary's, are those guys really – I mean, Grand Canyon has made inroads in Indiana. They've gotten Blackman, right? Am I missing right. anybody? Did they get anybody else? Not, nope, they're, nope. They're, they're working on uh, Javon Small still. They're working on Small, who's a prep school in Arizona. Right, right down the street, actually, from Grand Canyon. Yeah, so what are the what are the challenges there now? I mentioned to you that the question wouldn't be as, as difficult as probably it would be for Mount St. Mary's because that Grand Canyon staff is pretty much all Indiana guys. They all have their own connections. Right. What do they just, does their staff feel really, really comfortable about recruiting Indiana and getting kids there? Like who are they targeting? Are they targeting uh, kids that are, let me ask, let me, let me, are they targeting kids that are underserved or they really think they're going to, they're really aiming for guys that are they competing against the mid majors in this area for kids? If that was clear enough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what other offers did Blackman have? I don't have any in front of me right now. Uh, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. But, but as far as like I know, Mac, he did have Mac offers. He was okay. not right. Under, because especially for his injury the, and the injury killed his recruiting. Under, yeah. Yeah. He was not specifically under recruited. He was, cause I don't think he was ever going to be a high major player. He is. I can find him right. I, I mean, they love that game. They love Jalen's game. Bryce Bryce loved his game. Uh, I, I I don't remember if he was getting re- recruited at all by. Uh, was he getting recruited by anybody local? You know, Ball State, uh, like, Miami, okay. Ohio. Okay. I mean, I consider Mac all Mac schools local. Um, okay. Tulane, St. Louis. I mean, so he's squarely mid-major recruiting murray state was his only low major offer i mean houston central florida i mean those are mid plus that houston central florida those are that's a multi-bid league and for a, a kid who is a willing defender and a great shooter he's also a primary ball handler i mean i I would be, yeah, if I was Grand Canyon, I'd be tickled. So they probably did. That probably is a great win for them because of some of the schools they were recruiting against. Right. Especially given the distance. Their their biggest thing in Grand Canyon is they love, they just love how well Jalen can shoot it. They need, they need shooter out there. Um, So I know, I know they're really happy about getting him just, just to shoot it, just to be that threat on a driving kick. But they also know Jalen can take it to the basket and score too. So he's not a one dimensional player. Uh, Back to your question about are they competing against other bigger schools around here? Uh, I mean, maybe in the transfer market right now, I'm not sure as far as uh, making offers to high school kids if they're they're there yet with that. Well, I meant so I view them as a a low major program. Am I wrong? I would agree. I mean, they're, okay. they're one like one lead, one bid league, right? Yeah, well, but they're bottom third league, correct? 
are they the conference they're in? Is it, is it not a bottom third league? I mean, that's kind of where I go with it. Right. There's a lot. I mean, the MAC is now one big league thanks to the saturation of schools that they have that lower their conference RPI for the sake of football. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, the MAC used to be a, a multi bid league. The Missouri Valley used to be a multi bid league. The Missouri Valley had some teams get poached. Meanwhile, the MAC watered its le- watered its basketball down by by growing and adding schools for football, and they can't sustain enough top caliber basketball teams to keep their conference RPI up to where they would be a multi. I mean, the MAC used to used to be in that eight to nine, ten range as far as conferences. Now they're more in the 12, 13 range. And I, who knows, I may be wrong on that, but it's been a long time since they've been a multi-bid league, but they are squarely, a, squarely a mid-major league. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and they're also the WAC. Okay. So Green Canyon's in the WAC right now. Uh, they're also adding some teams next season. I believe they're going to add uh, Sam Houston state, Stephen F. Austin, uh, Lamar, I think is joining also. Yeah. So I mean, they're going to pick up some decent teams for that, and then and that's not the, and that's not the whack we grew up with, right? This this is just a WAC is what it is. Well, it, no, that is the whack. This it, it's shifted so much that none of your, very few of the original teams are in. in oh, it. like UNLV weren't they? Didn't they used to be in it and stuff like that? Yeah. Wyoming. Well, let's see. Were they? Were, can't remember. They were always kind of Mountain West. They were never in the whack. Okay. Um. But the whack would be like Wyoming. Oh yeah, okay. Air Force. Um, oh. Yeah, Wyoming, Weber State. I'm trying to think what else. Boise State. I could be wrong. I that that but that to me was the whack. And now that's all shifted. And a lot of that obviously is because of football. So right. the the whack, just like the Southwest Conference, which has since been absorbed and by the SEC and the the Big Twelve. The Southwest Conference used to be its own entity, and some of the Southeastern Conference too, because Arkansas is in the Southeastern Conference. So, the Southwest Conference used to be a basketball power that you know, and they had good football schools, but they they're no longer a case, and that was because of football. Football, all that stuff ten years ago or twelve years ago, really changed the the balance of conference power. So, but anyway, it was curious because. I look at Mount St. Mary's and, and obviously Thompson is at a prep school. So he's getting seen by a different, there's a different set of connections down there. Right. And in that his recruiting hasn't changed. I just wonder how much a Mount St. Mary's appeals to him. If they would even have a chance. Um, I mean, I'm going to quickly look and get a refresher as to who is recruiting him, who his, who his offers are. Um, I mean, he's he's got Drake, some of the wax, the Mac schools also. Right. Yeah. He's got a dozen. He's got a number of schools, but again, nothing has changed. His biggest offer is Missouri Valley. And there's believe me, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Yeah. We've talked about that before about, I mean, it just hasn't him going down there has not changed his recruiting at all. Right. And the one thing we need to explore too, not, not necessarily right in real time, but is whether all these offers are still valid. You know, very few times has anybody publicized a rescission of an offer 
and a lot of times schools don't resend it. They just they take commitments and offers go away, you know, and it's it's never discussed. And a, and a kid will see that they got a commitment from a kid in their position and just assume either that their status has changed or they're not interested in that school anymore. So I, I would say only three times in 30 years has a college coach called me up and said, we're, we're taking away an offer to one of your players. And I respected that. Right. But now we don't know that, that these offers aren't good. We just, his recruiting has not changed since going down there. And that's something to consider, especially for someone like me who is not a prep school advocate, don't think it really does much for the player, at least from an athletic standpoint. It certainly doesn't improve them academically. It may provide some shortcuts. And in some cases, it might provide the, the level of one-on-one -on -one attention that they, that they require. But that's not going to be a very broad curriculum. And I mean, I realize my prep school soapbox can be long and deep, but, um, you know, I just don't know that we've seen any changes and maybe it's because of COVID, maybe it's because of the transfer rules at the college level now, but I don't know that we've seen any changes in the recruiting of these guys that have gone right. prep school route. So anyway, I mean, guard, guard wise, I feel like we, I talked about, talked about this last week and the week before, I feel like guards are going to be a dime a dozen now because of transfers and, and everything also, which is why a lot of these high school kids aren't getting looks right now. And people are wondering why. Yeah. And I have, that's, I feel like that's definitely why. Well, and a lot of it too, is some of these guys, because I think we're going to, I'm going to do some writing this week on guys like Avance and Stanley and you know, we're going to probably throw Kamari Peterson into that mix. Um, some of those guys were waiting to – didn't get looked on this summer. You know, we're hoping to get – you know, just see what they could get from an offer perspective. And now we're forced to go into their senior season. And, again, because colleges can't come out and they like to watch these guys live, can't um, – it just – the recruiting hasn't changed. Right. And it's unfortunate because I'm looking at three or four point guards right now. A Van Stanley, Peterson, Swope, um, and even Small, who, <clears throat> you know, are really good. You know, Swope does have the one high major offer from Virginia Tech. But, uh, you know, if, correct me if I'm wrong, he had that before he went to the prep school. Small, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and we're not even – I don't even know if that's still a thing either. I don't know because he never tweeted about that. I think it is. Okay. How else did we How else did we see it? Uh, we didn't it just on, make it up. I think it was on Virginia Tech's website, something – the rival site or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, well, anyway. Yeah, I was curious what the – how Grand Canyon viewed recruiting – especially what would otherwise be an unfamiliar recruiting grounds, but that staff's all Indiana guys. If they're recruiting kids that are underserved, you know, or kids that, I mean, if they didn't have Blackman, I would tell them to recruit Stanley or take a look at Peterson. Right. Now, neither one of those, as good as I think Stanley shoots, especially neither one of them shoots as well as Blackman. 
Um, but yeah, Blackman's a, is a really good get for them. And, and if you're looking for a point guard who can really shoot, well, he fits that bill. And now the key for him is just staying healthy. Definitely. Uh, Jaden Brewer is, looks like he's full time now. Didn't see anything on it. So he originally got the uh, injunction to where he could play for a week. And Ben Davis has a program and the, and the player and Jaden Brewer, the player decided they wanted to go through with that and get as much basketball in as he could, or at least much of varsity basketball as he could. And then this week he, he continued to play against Carmel and against addicts. And my understanding is that it's still with the legal support, but nothing was announced. Nothing was, was written, but he, he continued to play. The injunction was just supposed to be for a week while a final decision was being made, but now they think it's pretty much going to last the full season or the remainder of the season. I wish they would have gone that route earlier. Definitely. Now, who, who decides on an injunction? Does, does Ben Davis have to apply for anything for that? Or how does no, that it's work? The cor- it's, well, it's the courts. It's the family. Okay. So the family attorney or whoever whoever's representing Jaden in this instance, they would apply for an injunction waiting on a hearing and if the hearing continues to get dragged out, the injunction still stands. Look, Ben Davis's standpoint, I'm just speculating when I say this, but I understand how the, I have a pretty good understanding how the rules work. From Ben Davis's standpoint, they just want to knowingly not play an ineligible player. Sure. That's the same thing Cathedral did with, with Gordon. And I don't know that we ever got resolution on Gordon. We talked about this early. I don't know if we ever really got resolution on, on Gordon's actual eligibility he just played they filed an injunction and then he just continued to play and nothing ever changed and the ihsa's disposition is that they're just going to fight their rules to the extent that they can i don't think they ever truly i don't mean this to make them sound apathetic but they don't take sides on who is eligible and who's not eligible if the courts come through and decide for the player i think the ihsa just goes you know it's just like okay great you know they move on it's not a vindictive organization, although sometimes I think they can be a little tone deaf, but they're not a vindictive organization. Um, but the courts have ruled that Brewer can play, and so that's all Ben Davis needed, and so now he's playing. Now the HSA can come back if something gets lost along the way. The HSA can come back and say, hey, we're going to make you forfeit all those games. But right, I mean, hell, they've been played. We know who won. We know that, again, like last week, we know they lost to Center Grove. They beat Decatur this past week. They lost to Carmel. They beat or they beat Christmas Addicts. That's not going to change. It might on a on a piece of paper someday, but as far as games played, doesn't change one bit. So, um, so he's playing, and that's good. You know, he did okay against Carmel. They were not going to guard him beyond a point. I know he had a better game against Addicts, and they beat Addicts. Um, and if, if Addicts was trying to play that game fast, that was just going to feed into guys like Brewer and Clay Butler and the other kids that they've got, Sheridan Sharp. Um, and um, I'm going to forget the junior's name now. Hold on. I'll look it up. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Troutman, Kenny Troutman. 
who, when he gets going downhill, he can, he's got a strong body. He can finish too. So I imagine those guys were a little bit freer rain, a little bit more room than what they had, or a little bit more of a downhill opportunity than they had against Carmel. So, but anything you, anything you're curious or anything that you're about Brewer that, no, I was I was You're not sure of or vacating wins or anything. If if Ben Davis be worried about anything like that happening in the future or anything, but if the injunction no. is is getting drawn out and he can still play, I mean it's wins I mean, away. I, I guess if they win, a, I guess they win sectionals or you know if they start winning you know rounds of tournaments, then yeah, losing those. But again, you're just removing hardware from a trophy case, right? I mean, if you're in it, if you're in it for the kid, you know then stuff like that is immaterial again going on the premise that the school is knowingly not playing an ineligible player so brewer is eligible to play and he should and i'm glad in the two instances that we've had recently gordon aaron gordon and Jaden brewer that the schools and the programs have decided to go ahead and do it you know it's not easy introducing a guy this late in the year right Gordon's situation happened much sooner. I want to say his senior year, he missed four games, maybe. It's not easy just adding a guy. I mean, I know it's no different than maybe if you've got a kid that gets injured, he comes back mid-year, but um, but it's a commitment. I mean, there's a kid that's, you know, been starting and a kid that's been playing a lot. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying a name, I'm not meaning any specific kid, but, you know, Brewer's starting now. So that means somebody's not. Brewer's soaking up probably 28 minutes a game. That means somebody's somewhere 28 minutes a game is being lost in other places. Right. And as best I can tell, those guys all real happy for him. And and I was I was glad to get a chance to watch him play Friday night. So he's a good kid. He deserves to play. So uh, CJ Gun, CJ Gunn, by the time we podcast next week, we'll know where he's going to be committed. Uh, my belief is it's between Indiana and Xavier. And if, if you, if I had to choose right now, I would say it's Indiana, but I don't have anything specific to hang that, hang that supposition on. You got any Intel on the, on your end or I've got zero Intel on my end. Zero Intel. Zero. We know Xavier was his first offer, right? So that would be yeah. it. That would be the way. Could be a reason if he chose that route that they were one of the first ones on him. And I mean I, I think that goes a long way. I've I've often said that unless a recruiting jumps a level that the, the schools that are in there first or earlier the favorites. Because they they formed the longest relationship, they they're the ones that took a chance on right. a kid, you know. Everybody else came later, and every school has their process. You don't begrudge them that process, but but is that CJ's only Big Ten offer? Yeah, I believe so. You know, in the schools that are hard pressed on, we really, really want to make sure we're we see a guy play. And that's his only Big Ten offer. 
you know, it's been tough and, you know, Indiana stepped up, Kansas state certainly stepped up first or early as well. Xavier wake forest, you know, he's also has Alabama, A&M ball state, Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio, Valpo. Um, he's starting to get a little bit more aggressive off the ball. They're doing some more things for him away from the ball. I think that's going to be a key part of how he's used in college. I'd still like to see him hunt more shots, but he's also playing on a team with two other division one players and, and, yeah. and they do, they, they are slow. They do play at a slow pace, which is a little surprising. I mean, they've been that way for a long time. And I think it's a function of depth from Melon's perspective. You know, why wear these guys out? Why risk extra possessions, extra fouls? Um, but, um, you know, he's he's going to be an extremely – he's going to have a chance to put up some big numbers next year for Lawrence North. And and then he'll be – he'll have a chance to be a – a pretty versatile score at the college level, especially as quickly as he comes off screens and gets into a shot. That's watching him play Jeffersonville yesterday. That was, that was something that was, you know, it's one thing when you get a catch and shoot and you're clean and it's off a kick out, but it's another thing when you're coming off a screen. He was, his, his footwork was flawless last night or yesterday yeah. afternoon. He looked, he looked really good. I don't, I don't know what his final total totals were. I didn't stay for the second half, but he just was looking sharp off the ball. And that's going to be important because the other part of what they do is really just a Vance coming off ball screens and that's Hughes. And, and um, you know, that's a lot, it's a lot for teams to guard <laughs> ball screen action with a Vance and Hughes, Hughes going to Butler. And meanwhile, you've got CJ coming off baseline pin downs and, and, and floppy action. And it's uh, he's hard to guard in that area. So yeah, he elevates well in the shot, I feel like, too. He does, yeah. He I mean, I've, I've, I was late to him based on other guys in the, in the area. But when I watched him play, it was the game last year when I think somebody was out, whether it was Perkins or – Perkins may have missed the game last year, and then he just exploded. He had like 24, 28 points or something along those lines and looked really good. And I was like, wow, yeah, this was I, – I was sold after that. And then watched him in the summer where he got to handle the ball a little bit more. He, again, came away even more impressed with him. Right. Yeah, that's what I saw him for the first time this summer up here in Fort Wayne. He looked really well – looked really good. And I love how he defends. And that goes – and that he has he's probably not going to be a lockdown defender at the high major level but he's going to be a a a plus defender right i'd agree and you do have to defend to play at lawrence north it's never it's never not been a, a feature you know Kiefer tends to err on the side of guys who can defend for his role players um but he doesn't they don't really not let you guard and, and still get minutes early you know, because there were a couple games last year where he didn't start. And, I, you know, I don't know why he wouldn't have started. Right. But he's been really good defensively this year. All the more perplexing as to why they didn't just match up against Homestead last week instead of playing that weird matchup zone where they were always able to find Lawyer or Goody open. I mean, Dave – or uh, 
gun can lock either one of those guys up. And Goody's a good defender too, by the way. I think he'll be he'll be a he'll be a decent defender in the in the Big Ten at Illinois. A lawyer, I don't know. I know we're going a different direction. I'm not sure how he'll do defensively. He's going to have to really prove it. But Gunn will be able to really guard. And uh, and that's a that's a good that's a you know it's great going forward. So whoever gets him is going to get a really good player and a kid who can shoot it. Shooting is a For premium, sure. especially at Indiana. <laughs> All right, man. Best games, best teams, best performances. Ooh. Best games, you're first. Go best game. Uh, man, I only saw two this week. I was going to see three with the weather coming in Saturday night. I decided just to stay home. Would You You missed Munster and Valpo. That was I the missed game. Munster and Valpo, yeah. Or Valpo, at, the... Valpo at Munster, my fault. Yeah, that's uh, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Munster's the... The very last inch of real estate before you get to Illinois. Yep, yep. Uh, Munster ended up I winning love, that game also. I love their gym. That's a pretty cool gym. Definitely a cool gym. Hackett's um, the man. Hackett's, he's a good coach. Yeah. He's a great coach. <laughs> he's, a, he's an outstanding coach. Um, I remember when, when Coach Hetty took the Marion job and – I mean, I think it was a pretty foregone conclusion that they were going to give it to Osborne. But I fired off an email that says, if you open this up, there's your guy. <laughs> go, uh, go get him. Um, but they weren't, they weren't going to open. I mean, it was Osborne's from, the, from day one, and it should have been. I just, you know, you just never know. Sometimes with big schools, how they feel about guys with, with, no, with no head coaching experience. Right. Uh, turned out to be a really good decision. And so it wasn't, uh, you know, so the, no problems there. But uh, so what was your best game? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to do everything from the same same one. So I'm going to I'm going to go with my Saturday day game, I suppose. All right. Uh, which was Crown Point here at Southland, Washington. Uh, it, it was ugly in the first quarter for Washington. Second quarter. Crown Point turned it over a bunch. Uh, Washington kind of closed the gap at halftime, not not to the full extent or anything. It was still, I think, ten or eleven at halftime. Uh, Crown Point was without AJ Lux, one of their better guards. He was uh, quarantined, by the way. I confirmed okay. that. Okay. Uh, yeah, because Dad wasn't there either. I don't think. And he doesn't. He does not have. He did not have. He no positive okay. tests. He just was okay. contact tracing. Okay. Uh, so anyway, obviously Crown Point was down him. Uh, Washington actually was also down some dudes, a uh, couple concussions and an ankle roll. They had a couple guys out that usually helped them get, give minutes. So they were playing a lot of uh, sophomores and juniors. Uh, and they ended up coming back with – got within a couple possessions of, of taking the lead of from Crown Point, uh, but ended up losing. Crown Point played well when they needed to at the end. Uh, they have a couple seniors that are pretty tough that helped, helped uh, close that game out for them. But, but that, was, that was the better game of the two I saw, I'll say. They were down 31-11, weren't they? Yeah. So they were down 20 at one point. And Washington came back and was within four, four or five a few times in the fourth quarter. 
just couldn't get over that hump. The Adams Warren Central game kind of went that way too. That was the weather screwed us up on that one. I was looking forward to seeing them and Warren, and then heading over to see Jeffersonville and Lawrence North, and and uh, just everything got moved right almost the exact same time. So I right. decided to go see Jeff instead of Adams, just because Jeff has under you know more underclassmen. So uh, my best game of the week was the city final. Monday night, Cathedral and Christmas Attics. I think the final score kind of was close to what I thought it would be. I sort of talked to a couple guys in line at concession stand, wanting to know what I thought. I thought maybe Cathedral would win by six. I didn't think they would get to an 18-point lead. And they were really going. Jake Davis is a, is a legitimate shooter, 6'5", six, six, sophomore forward. Who's a football player. He is a strong kid. He's basically, I mean, he was starting even before Jeff Moe left. And now he's essentially their, their starting center. Pete Moe. Pete Moe. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff would be a little old for high school. Um, Jeff, his father, the, uh, but the, uh, what am I talking about? Best game. Oh, city. Fi- yeah. Cathedral. Yeah. Davis kid shooting. It was kind of ugly early. Both teams sort of sputtered out of the gate. And then the second quarter, Cathedral really took control of the game. And and they were getting to the rim. They were missing. And then in the second quarter, that stuff started to go in. And then Jake let loose. He had about three threes in the second quarter. And the next thing you know, they're up by 18. And then Addicts kind of cut it to 14. It kind of played around there for a little bit. And then Addicts went on a 10-0 run, and suddenly they're down four. They eventually cut it to two with the ball. I, I want to, they may have even tied it, but they never had the ball with a chance to take the lead. And Cathedral then, midway about two minutes into the fourth quarter, started to get some more traction. And then the next, you know, then they were up by eight quickly and 10, and Addicts wasn't able to turn them over. And a lot of that was turnovers. A lot of that was, Again, getting getting to the rim and not making addicts pay on the back end of their press. They had two just inexplicable turnovers right underneath addicts's basket in the full court against their full court pressure. And I mean, Delaney was going crazy on the bench, <laughs> understandably. And they just couldn't get over the hump, at least as far as taking a lead and, and getting control of the game and. And then Cathedral stretched it back out. So, so that was my best game of the week. I was hoping to see Adams and Warren, as I said just a couple minutes ago. That game probably – I mean, Warren had a huge lead. That game probably ended up being what I thought it would have ended up, a pretty tight game. Yeah. But I, I was unfortunate not to be able to see that game. So, But the city final was really good. I, It was going to take a lot to beat that game because both those teams – play hard and it was a it was a competitive game and got to see some pretty good performances so who was your best team of the week uh of the four i'm gonna say peru peru was my best team okay Uh, i know they got smacked around by homestead then last night i mean a lot of people get smacked around by homestead though so won't take anything away from them there uh peru's number 13 in 3a 
Uh, I'm not sure if that loss will drop them much. I'm also not sure if they can hang with a Hammond type team. Uh, so that's yet to be seen. Uh, <clears throat> but but Hammond, Hammond is a nice team. Uh, Coach Thompson does a nice job with them. Uh, they have a nice mix of juniors and seniors. They have a, a tough, really tough freshman uh, also who starts. I've uh, been told he's really good at baseball, though, also. So we'll see how that turns out. Peru uh, does? Yeah. Who's the, what's the freshman's name? Uh, Matthew Rodiger. Matthew okay. I went to see Matthew Ross is who I went to see. He's a junior. Yeah. Uh, Six four, great body, great around the rim. Uh, he had a double double. He's averaging a double double, I believe, this season. He had twenty three and eleven in this game. Uh, Whitco just really had nobody that could that could stop him or defend him. Whitco has a couple really good guards themselves and senior guards, Drake Lewis and uh, Brett Sikafus. Sikafus can hit anything from perimeter. Uh, he had I can't remember four threes, five threes maybe but really good player but yeah peru peru is a team i like them a lot good senior leadership uh Cade townsend and and traded and curtis are really good seniors for them solid team uh so we'll see we'll see how they do here in sectionals coming up this my best team of the week I'm going to kind of go with you. I'm going to do a little different here. I mean, I look, I saw Lawrence North. I saw Karma this week. But as far as the team that played the best, I, Garen Catholic last night was was outstanding. And, and a lot of it was how they executed the offensive end of the floor, how together they were on the defensive end of the floor. They run a lot of motion, which I'm a big – I'm a sucker for. Love watching them play. They were able to penetrate, find people get some nice drop-off action, get some nice back doors. Uh, they are constant movement off the ball. And Noblesville really struggle with it. And I still say with Noblesville, they have some nice talent, but they still got a couple of kids that have to play major minutes who struggle defensively. And, you know, a lot of that can turn around, you know, when a game really, really matters, like a sectional game. But Garen kind of carved him up yesterday, and it was, you know, it was it was very similar to what Carmel did to him, especially in the third quarter. And uh, those those there just isn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of resistance last night, and Garen took full advantage. They've got two kids, uh, Caleb Caleb Edwards, both seniors, and Joey Bobilia. Both were outstanding. Bobilia was better yesterday. But Edwards got him going early. He, he, he got a chance to get downhill and finish. But then Bobilia was coming off screens, hitting shots. He was scoring off ball screens, finding people. And they've got a couple of 6'5 kids who, who aren't dynamic, maybe won't even play in college or play basketball in college. They look like football players. But they're capable of catching and finishing. And Noblesville doesn't have a lot of – size they can kind of get at you with some athleticism um, but they don't have great rim protection but garen really 
really just was they're just their player movement off the ball was outstanding. Noblesville had a hard time guarding it. I was just really impressed with what I saw. I hadn't seen Garen Catholic play in a couple of years. And they just they were fun to watch yesterday. And they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out. If if they could just have one more guy in the perimeter who could step up and make plays for them, they they would be a really tough out come tournament time, especially at the three A level. So they handled Noblesville and Brebuff then, right? Yeah, the, the Brebuff, you asked me earlier today if I was surprised with the Brebuff score, and I was. Because I don't I don't view Brebuff as a team that has trouble guarding people. I'm sure there's times where Coach Howard probably looks at film and thinks we can be a lot better here, a lot better there. But generally speaking, Brebuff is a good defensive team. And, yeah, I mean, Garen, that's, you know, I'm checking real quick what they're – what the rest of their schedules kind of look like. Um, yeah, I was looking at that too. They're 11 and two. Their, their two losses are to Covenant Christian, who's having a really good year, and Franklin Central by two early in the year. You know, and, and Franklin Central, they're going to be able to guard that motion because that's what they do as well. So when you're used to really guarding it in practice, I mean, Noblesville does too, though. So, but Franklin Central, uh, early in the year, especially Franklin Central, was extremely balanced. I don't know any different. I don't know that they're, that they're not now. I'm just saying early in the year, they were playing pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, the 18-point the, the win over Burbuff was surprised. Now, we don't know if Burbuff was missing anybody due to COVID. You know, sometimes that factors into it. Noblesville still is without Evan Wilson. And, you know, and, and a healthy Evan Wilson probably, and he's done for the year. He, he had surgery. He's a nice guard. He's going to be a walk-on at Akron. He was probably an NAI, NAI level player maybe a division three player but a guy that was going to would probably go to like go to one of the d3s here in state and have a really good career and put up numbers but instead he's going to be a walk-on at akron and he'll be a kid that has a chance to maybe even contribute a little bit there i've always been a fan of his would he be a 22 point difference i don't know but he would be a steadying impact or a steadying player for noblesville so a game like last night doesn't get out of hand right you know, the game went from 12 to 20, almost in sheer frustration. And it was just, you know, it, it, Garen was impressive. So they deserve all the credit in that one. So uh, best player or best performance that you saw? Yep. Best performance. I'm going right back to that Peru game with Matthew Ross. I was really just, like I said, really impressed with him. How I said he was smart. Uh, his body's great already. I can just see him getting stronger and stronger. Um, good looking shot actually too. He took a three or two. I can't remember if it was two, but his shot looked good. So, so I think that's something he could do if he needed to uh, at the next level. Uh, he was smart. He played really smart around the basket. Didn't, didn't scramble around or anything. Uh, didn't hesitate to do anything. Rebounded extremely well. Uh, just reminded me of a really tough nose three maybe a four in the crossroads league. I mean, I, I could just see him just dominating at that level or just being a, a, a double, double guy night in and night out at the, in the crossroads league. Yeah. Thompson loves him. I've not talked to him this year. I talked to him about him last year. He loves him and I've not had a chance to see him play. That would have been one of those deals where if we'd have had proper gym space, we would have had maybe a, you know, a, a team in his age group that he could have come down here and played, but, and same for this year, if we, not sure what our gym space situation is going to be like, but right. 
but he's the type of kid that, you know, normally goes out on a secondary summer team and, and starts to really prove that, you know, he's, he belongs with the other kids that are kind of being recruited at the D2 level. And that's, you know, that's kind of where, where he is. He might be that tweener guy who's probably going to be more successful in the Crossroads League. Right. So uh, my best player performance this week was Peter Suter from Carmel. He was far more aggressive this week than what he had been recently. And it, even before Waddell, so Waddell got hurt. It's an ankle. I feared it could have been something worse, something different, maybe more like an Achilles the, the, from where I was sitting where he landed. The way he landed, it looked like something popped. Like it didn't look like his foot twisted. It just looked like something popped. And I was wrong, so that's good. <laughs> it's an ankle. Um, always glad to have the ankle sprain versus something else if, 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 if given an injury. But Suter was more aggressive getting downhill. He was more aggressive getting into his shot. He was coming off screens looking to shoot. And he's he's got to be that guy. I think there's still a level with him where and, – and to a certain extent, Waddell as well. There's still a level with, with Suter where even as Carmel goes through periods where they, they look to possess for great shots, Pete can create those shots. And, and Suter's a kid that his three-point shot still – his worst trait on offense, but it's also still an, it's still a trait that he's a good shooter now. It's not going to be his bread and butter. He's gotten a, he's done extremely good creating off the dribble shots for others, and even as he's more aggressive there, I think he's figured out that he's well. He's figured out early that he's he can create bat opp- scoring opportunities for others by being more aggressive. And what he did against Ben Davis was is he attacked the rim and was pretty relentless at it. He took contact. He finished through contact. He's shooting free throws well. So you know, now he just needs to put himself in a position where he's either getting a shot off or he's getting fouled. And he has to, you know, that's something that I look forward to him. And, and if he can get to a point and Waddell gets healthy and he can get to a point as well, where both those guys are really hunting shots, it'll help those other guys that don't, hunt for shots, you know, get looks. And now with Orm playing and, and shooting as well as he's been shooting, the the sophomore for Carmel, you know, that's just one more option. So, but a lot of it is just Suter really being a, a consistent focal point for the defense. And the more ways he has to score, the more ways he attacks, the the better – Carmel is so it's not exactly news but he just I, I thought against Ben Davis he looked different right contrary to popular belief I don't go to every Carmel game so when I see something pop like that um, I don't assume it's the first time but it's definitely you know there were times this year where he was kind of deferring still you know still making you know still making plays for others but really just deferring and not being as aggressive Friday against Brabuff or against Ben Davis he was outstanding so, upcoming games. What 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 are some of the, what are a couple of games you're looking forward to this week? Yeah, so I found two on my schedule up here around this area. Uh, <clears throat> one I'm going to go to for sure. The other one probably not. Uh, Cathedral's coming up to Gary Westside, so I figured I thought that one might be an interesting game this week. 
Yeah, that uh, would be an interesting. Are you going? You're going to that one, right? Uh, you need to go to that one. You need to I see need, Cathedral. I do need to see Cathedral. They, they, I wanted to see them against Homestead, but I couldn't. Uh, yeah, you need but, to see the nothing else because I mean they're pretty much all they're all underclassmen. That yeah, I don't know what what day is that? That's Saturday, that's, right? Saturday that's night. What that's what I'm trying or, to. I, I think can't it's remember Saturday which night. one it was. If it was Friday or Saturday, I was looking right now. Not Friday. No, not Friday. There's not much. There's hardly any games Friday. That's something I'm going to kind of refer to in my upcoming games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's girls sectional week. Yep, it is. So then the the other game that I was going to go to, and yes, it is six o'clock on Saturday. Is that yeah. good? Uh, was going to be Michigan City here at Adams. Yeah, that's a three thirty start, right? That is a three thirty start. Yep. That's gonna. That's a uh, Plymouth sectional uh, pre pregame or pre show. I don't know what you want to call it. Both Preview. those teams. Both those teams come down to Plymouth. Yep. Really. I guess I'd play that at Michigan City. Usually, it used to be the biggest gyms got the sectionals. They bid now, don't they? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't know how that works, but I'd have that bad boy at Michigan City. I'm. Sure, Michigan City wants it. Anyway, Michigan maybe, City usually does the regional. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my upcoming game this week that I'm looking forward to is pretty simple: Carmel Lawrence North at Lawrence North. Still haven't figured out if I'm getting my credential for that yet. Hopefully, I do. Um, but and Lawrence North's been really good about it. They've got that, you know, the, the key will be is if they decide to bring their band. Right now, their band area is completely empty, and it's it's a great place to sit and watch a game. So, I mean, that's going to be what we've had Cathedral, Homestead, Cathedral, Carmel. We've had Homestead, Lawrence North, and now we've got Carmel, Lawrence North. This one was obviously going to happen. It's a conference game. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be, you know, it'll probably be played in the 50s, maybe even the 40s. Both teams, Carmel likes to possess the ball, especially when they, you know, when they're forced to work for really good shots and or they're willing to do that to work, to work for really good shots. And Lawrence North's kind of methodical getting into their stuff. So not expecting a high-scoring game, but I'm expecting an intense game. And, you know, it's two of the top three teams in the state of Indiana or two of the top four teams in the state of Indiana for sure. I mean, not that not that other teams can't jump up and win a sectional, but I think right now it's Homestead, Carmel, Lawrence North, Cathedral, the top four teams in the state. And I, I think they've kind of proven that around each other. So with Homestead remaining undefeated. Yeah. This is girls sectional week. So if you're listening to this, you're probably the type of people that want to go watch multiple games and or want to will go to a game on a Friday or Saturday night regardless of who you're watching. Uh, there are no games Friday night, or there are not many games Friday night. There's yeah, definitely no – well, there's one, Carmel at Fishers. So I guess I will have <laughs> something to do this, yeah. this Friday night. Jeez. Uh, normally this is a week off or a weekend, kind of a weird weekend off. But um, And Greenwood Christian plays. So, I mean, there's other games, but but those are the the prominent teams that are having, you know, yeah, Purdue Poly. It's having a good year. They're playing Friday night as well. Um, yeah, there's nothing up here. Yeah, 
Indy, Indy Metro plays Greenwood Christian Friday night. Carmel plays at Fishers. Fishers, by the way, is going to be like five games in seven days or five games in eight days Jeez. because of all their COVID cancellations. But, yeah, girls' sectionals this week, so you're really going to see there's more games on tomorrow night, Monday. There's going to be more games on Wednesday and Thursday than normal. Um. Well, maybe not Wednesday, but there's definitely going to be a ton of games on Thursday. Thursday's schedule is more like Friday's schedule. Right. And Saturday's schedule is more of the afternoon game variety. You're going to have a lot of afternoon games. I like that. Yeah, that gives us a chance to see multiple games. I used to do an article every year where I would outline the different ways for me to go see like four or five games. And there's there's ways you can get to see five, you know, at least at least three quarters of five games. Uh, on this schedule every year on this day. And the one thing to check, though, is make sure, too, that as schools, girls' teams lose, sometimes these afternoon games turn into evening games. So if you're planning on going to games Saturday, make sure you check the game times before you head out because you may get somewhere and be very surprised. So, But, yeah, Cathedral Gary West on Saturday at 6 p.m. Would be, would be a great one. That's probably the best game on Saturday. Um, yeah, maybe what was your other option? Well, we could talk about that off the air. <laughs> you might, you may need to go see that one. That would be a good game for you to go. Michigan see. city Adams was my other game. Yeah. That'd oh. be a good game too. You're going to have to Google map that out and see if that, if both of them work. <laughs> um, anyway, box out sports. You got your read ready? Uh, yeah. Go for it. I thought so. Here he goes. Box Out Sports leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight any team at your high school and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Before I read mine real quick, Garen at North Central, 1.30 on Saturday. See if they can piggyback the way they've been playing against North Central. And then you've got Tenley at Fort Wayne Blackhawk on Saturday, also at 1.30. Um, Homestead comes down to Hamilton Southeastern. I saw uh, C- Cathedral comes up to Blackhawk, I think, next next weekend. Do they? Yeah. It's good. I like seeing – I don't know how much of this – I didn't pay attention to see how much of this was before the season was – before COVID started causing post you know cancellations and postponements. But it's been fun right. watching some of these teams play outside of their normal schedule. Um, I feel like we haven't had as many postponements recently either, COVID-wise. No, well, we're numbers are dropping, and that's and that's a good sign. And it's, I mean, Hamilton County is back in orange, fully in orange. And I think some of the numbers are trending in that way, and we just got to keep doing what we're doing. So, um, of course, Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. And if you could get it, get a chance, give us a, re- a rating and a review. Would appreciate a five star rating, and definitely appreciate those guys, uh, those people that listen every week. Or Our guys or are, girls. Guys or girls. Yeah, that's true. Probably mostly moms <laughs> on the girl side. All right. Um, but uh, numbers have stayed pretty steady, so I'm pleased with that. And uh, we're going to keep doing it. We're episode 50 and we're going to keep going. 
Hopefully losing Barney doesn't doesn't uh, cut any listeners from our show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, hot takes. Let's go. Come on. Oh gosh, dang. You go first. Nope. Sorry. <clears throat> my show. My rules. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I I did not have a hot take I could that I can think of off the top of my head this week. Gotta gotta come up with one. Come on. Oh. My hot take is not as hot as it was after I looked. So I'll go. I'll leave with my hot take. All right. My hot take was now that now that Brewers play and I was predicting that Ben Davis would win sectional eleven. Not the hottest of takes, just in general, because they would be a favorite anyway. But then I looked, and they're four and zero against sectional teams. Oh, nice! Even with even without him, so I'm not sure they played a sectional team with him yet. So my hot take so, can also be a sectional a sectional winner as well, or no? Since we're getting up, getting getting to that time of year, yeah, this right? Is, this is different because this is like Ben Davis just got their best, okay, their so most talented gonna, player back. I mean, you were gonna do it pre pre brewer time right that's what we're saying no no no. i was doing no no i was doing now that brewer's eligible oh now that he's and eligible. davis is winning that sectional i got it before i would have said pike okay we do a lousy job of not discussing these right we yeah before i would have said pike even though i know ben davis had beaten pike but the hot take is now with brewer i think they'll win and then i looked and they were four and oh against sectional teams even before brewer was so it may not have even been a very good hot take, but that's my hot take. What's your hot take? Uh, my hot take is <clears throat> GCU will get another Indiana uh, commitment soon. Soon? I don't know. That's just. Are the you hot call take. you naming a, Are you naming a name? Or I, you just? I have no names at all. You're just spitballing. Just spitballing the hot take. Oh, the hot takes. It's not called spitballing. <laughs> Spitball takes. <laughs> all right, man. Zach, great job. <laughs> Everybody that listens, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week.